And now for the Black Firehouse Podcast, the only Ghostbusters podcast that discusses props, costumes, sets, and special effects with your hosts, Austin Young and Dan Harshman. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Let's get ready. Switch me on. Welcome to the Black Firehouse podcast. Uh, we've had a little bit of a break, but back from our break, uh, it was a one-week break, I should say, is uh, your hosts, Austin Young and myself, Dan Harshman. Austin, how you doing over there, buddy? I'm doing. Good. I am glad to hear it. Did uh, Did you enjoy the break? No. I mean, yeah. No. I mean, I, I, oh. I worked on stuff, so it's fine. I just, I miss talking to you, baby. Oh, I, you know, I, I, I missed it too. It was a combination of things. Um, uh, my wife and I just celebrated our two year anniversary. So yay. Um, super excited about that. And, uh, we, we went on a camping trip. Um, not, not so much a camping, more like glamping. We had a cabin. We went up to the mountains for a weekend. No kids. It was, it was wonderful, you know, checked out caverns and did some hiking and, that kind of fun stuff. And then at the same time, we've been trying to, to rally some guests for this episode and, uh, we had no luck. Nobody wants to come play with us. I mean, in, in their defense, we, we could have gotten Matt and Mikhail again. Uh, we, we could have definitely gotten them, but, uh, we wanted to, we're, we're still going to do it though. We're still going to, uh, take the, the questions that people have posed about ghost traps. Yeah. Um, so we're still going to do the part two of Ghost Traps, which I'm excited about because it looks like um, Ghost Trap Fever kind of hit everybody as soon as we dropped that last episode. Austin, forgive me because we only have like in the realm of like 30 to 40 listeners, uh, according to our metrics. But um, do you think we're already having an impact on on what people get excited to, to start building based on what we talk about. I mean, I guess it's, it's certainly this last couple of weeks has seemed that way. I noticed it, that like immediately after the episode got posted and, and then it was like, yeah, everybody started posting trap stuff. And I don't know if it's just a weird coincidence or what. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I almost want to like inflate my own ego and be like, ah, now build this, and then we can have an episode where we talk about a certain prop and everybody starts building it. Build the latent image sensor. Yeah. Please, somebody else identify some parts so I can finish mine. I, I saw that you uploaded your reference into uh, the Ghostbusters reference library. Yeah, I can't, I meant to do it after we talked about it, what is it, mm-hmm. two or three episodes ago, and yep. I just kept forgetting and finally I was like, oh, I need to do that. So I did it, and well, I was I was happy to see the entire piece uh, all together. It, it's actually as interesting as one whole kind of contraption as it would be uh, parted out for that, that background prop in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, um, like I said, it's the only one I've ever seen. I, I Googled and Googled and Googled and could never find anything about it at all. No. Um, and there was part of me that... 
wants to use the original handle, like when I build at some point, if I ever build a latent image sensor, but I'm probably just going to end up making a mold of it and using a casting because I would rather keep that whole piece intact as, as, as an example of the found item, you know? I, uh, I think you bring up an interesting point. Um, see for me, if I could find all of the original pieces and parts, yeah, then I would, I would happily pull it apart. But, you know, looking at, at that particular prop, um, you know, it looks like you're going to have to go with a lot of scratch building. Well, um, I think a lot of the stuff on it is scratch built, but there's definitely more found components that are just like now, crazy, weird looking shit. That they pull well, off the printing on there as well, I think would probably end up being a yeah. solid route to, to take, especially on weight. Because looking at the real prop of the, the latent image sensors, it that is it looks heavy. Well, just the handle, it's cast, uh, I'm assuming it's like cast aluminum. Um, wow. It's got a little bit of weight to it. It's not super heavy, but it's got some weight to it. And then whatever the base is, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure it's got some some heft and some weight to it because it looks like it's at least like quarter inch material, whether wow. it's steel or aluminum or whatever. Um, and then, of course, there's like, you know, a motor and all that stuff that drives the internal workings and so I'm sure it's not a, a, a light prop by any means. No, it definitely not. But it is a, a visually interesting prop. Yeah. Um. So I was excited to see those photos. So of course, thank you, thank you uh, for sharing those. And I know Stuart appreciates it as well for his massive library. Um. What else? Anything going on in the propping news world? I guess the uh, the Max Factory announcements. It yeah, just happened they, uh, yesterday or day before. Yeah, they they did. Um, it, it looks like they made the announcements for their legacy beamline filler and uh, back plug. Yeah, and then of course aluminum wands. Mm-hmm. Which I'll be very very interested to see how the aluminum wands come out. Uh, the the photos of course were were excellent. They also. Um, I believe showed some photos of a legacy wand. Yeah, um, that was the impression I got. I didn't thoroughly read the post. I, I was more like, ooh, shiny and looking at pictures. Uh, <laughs> but from yeah, from what I understand, I think it's a legacy. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume it's got to be cast resin or fiberglass. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming off the superhero one. Yeah, and both, both offerings are... Um really fantastic in their own right you know i i'm i've become kind of torn on the max factory stuff because you know i've gotten a few of the legacy parts in and the legacy parts are absurdly cool because it has all of the inconsistencies all of the the wonk Mm -hmm. that we love in in those parts and uh then there's the i want to be super hyper accurate side of me it's like well this part's supposed to be aluminum but you can't have both. So if you want to get all of those original details, you have to go with a resin casting. I mean, you could be crazy and I mean, it's technically recasting, but you can make a mold and cast aluminum parts, which, you know, I mean, I'm yeah. throwing it out there to Max Factory. I'm sure there's a lot of people that if they if they offered cast aluminum legacy parts, that people would probably buy them. I don't know. I would buy I would buy the hell out of cast aluminum yeah. legacy parts. 
you know, obviously they're going to be a little bit heavier and not a hundred percent accurate in terms of the construction, but the material yeah. would be accurate and you would still retain all the wonk and inconsistencies that, and true. all that. I don't know. I'm, I'm at the point where, you know, if, if I, if I built a Mac pack, I almost want to get, you know, um, if I got one of his legacy shells to build my superhero again, um, so getting on that wait list, <laughs> I know a lot of people are, are waiting. I, I think I read somewhere that that wait list is somewhere in the thousands. Oh yeah. I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's a, like an automated digit system. I just recall somebody being like, yeah, uh, I, I have my name on my, on the list and it's, you know, like 1,114 and I'm like, oh my gosh. Which is great for Mac. I mean, like that's yeah. that's awesome that he's getting that kind of response. And I know that there's also a lot of, you know, people who their number will get pulled and they're not ready, so it goes to the next person. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I'm sure it'll speed through these things a lot faster. And then, of course, how many people are tire kicking, getting on his mailing list, and you know, for alerts on uh, when certain pieces and parts are available. I'm sure that that probably represents a good 90% of those numbers that are actually on there. Yeah. I mean, even being conservative, I, I would say about half of those are probably people that are never actually going to go through with purchasing anything. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely would agree. But uh, so, yeah, there's a part of me that wants to do, you know, a traditional build out of that legacy shell. And then there's another part of me that wants to get another one of his legacy legacy shells just to put his legacy parts on it. Yeah. Um, as, as kind of a, a beautiful wall hanger. And in a sense, he's piecemealing out what a Novos did with their Spengler. Yeah. Um, except the quality I think is going to be a lot higher than anything Novos tried to bring to the table oh absolutely i mean just i've only gotten a few parts from max factory over the last few years but i mean they've always been exceptional in terms of the quality and and i mean even the packaging and stuff like even before it was licensed you know he had this really elaborate like fun packaging um you know the the packaging has the the packaging has grown on me quite a bit um i i I still agree with what a lot of people are saying is that, Hey, if the packaging wasn't so glamorous, um, you might be able to cut down on some costs, but I'm not sure how much in the, the way of cost. I mean, that, that would be, that would be an Aaron Mack question for me. And, I, th- yeah. I think you could cut down on the cost more and maybe, maybe not. I don't know if every part didn't include hardware and a, and a yeah. wrench, you know? Yeah. Um, but but also on the other side of that though i mean to to literally play devil's advocate on myself the idea that he's going forward with this ikea style build that makes building a proton pack accessible to almost anyone that has you know a a nominal nominal amount of hand tools the fact that okay your hardware comes with that part your wrench comes with that part so you don't, you know, maybe at the most you, you need a drill. Yeah. May, you know, and maybe it's something they could look at in the future to have the option for with or without, you know, for the, for yeah. the, the more experienced builders that already have all the tools and and have stashes of screws and, and hardware, sure. you know, 
Um, Maybe they could save a couple of bucks. Because all the the resin parts are coming cast in black. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're they're very, very close to um, what I have on my pack. The the parts that I've gotten as far as his, his newer stuff would be his legacy booster frame and legacy bumper. Um, and the, the resin casts, uh, are, are still sitting a little bit on the bluer side. Mm -hmm. I, I did read, um, some information from one of his partners that, that they had adjusted how they were tinting the resin. Yeah. And I'm not sure where my particular parts lie in that adjustment. I just, uh, well, if you're referring to the post that had the bumper on top of one of the, I guess idealized shells. Um, yeah, definitely had more of a purple hue to it. Yeah, it, it's uh, kind of a more purple bluish hue to it. it. It's, but if if I were just getting into building a proton pack, you know, and if I were just getting into building exactly how Max Factory delivers his parts, um, I would be comfortable with not painting it. Yeah, as I, as a layman, I mean, I I want it painted. Because I want all the blacks to 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 match mm-hmm. the black colors, the paint. I want the paint to match. Well, and it's like I said. I think I replied to that post where it's like there. You know, people don't realize how many different shades of black there actually are. Mm-hmm. And you know, your material, your gel coat on the shell is never going to match the resin, and the resin's never going to match the powder coating or the anodizing on the aluminum parts. Like, yeah. if you want a consistent finish, you've got to paint it. But that doesn't mean it will look bad if you just you know, use it how it comes out of the box. Exactly. Um, and the packaging is fun. It is, it is. It is fun. And it is kind of really cool to have something that you can say this is an official Ghostbusters prop replica part. Yeah. Um, I love that Sony is not coming down on uh, part makers. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like they're they're probably well within their right to protect their IP. Absolutely. Um, but they're continuing to let them exist while allowing this to exist as well. And I like that. And I think it continues to go to show the, the loving and uh, generous relationship you know, Ghostbuster fans enjoy with our, with our parent IP owner. Well, and I think it I think Sony understands that, I mean, obviously you've got people that are making parts and selling parts, and of course they want to make a profit, but mm-hmm. I think Sony understands that for the majority of these people that are making kits and selling parts and all this, it comes from a place of love for the franchise. It's not like, oh, we're just trying to make a quick buck, right. and you know, we're, we're trying to put out Sony. Like They know that these people have a, a very strong passion for this stuff, and it's something they enjoy, and they enjoy being able to provide other people with the means to become a ghostbuster, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. And, and I hope, uh, I hope the fan relationship with Sony continues to, to blossom as it has over the past few years. I mean, probably better part of the decade, I would really say. Yeah, for um, sure. Like, especially like once that first video game came out, mm-hmm. I feel like right around then was when things really started to become, I don't know. I feel like they were more receptive to the fan stuff and, and were definitely more willing to put things out there and uh, wanting to provide more, you know, merchandise and everything for the fans. 
Well, even even uh, you know PKE Surge, um, Ghost Core has been a direct sponsor for some of the giveaways and stuff at PKE Surge. So, yeah. I mean, that's great that they see that and they love that and are willing to participate in that. Yeah, for um, sure. So yeah, uh, how do you feel about the Max Factory Legacy Wand? Um, it it's not something that I probably would personally buy, just because mm-hmm. if I'm going to build, you know, like we just talked about, if I'm going to build a, a more or less accurate pack, I would want to use an alum- a real aluminum wand. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for somebody that maybe like you said, wants to build a wall hanger or, mm-hmm. or just doesn't care. I, Cause I can imagine that the resin one might be a little cheaper than the aluminum one. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Um, you know, it's cool to have that lineage, uh, and to say that it's cast directly from, you know, an original hero wand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would probably personally end up getting one. Cause even, you know, even if you wanted to say, oh, you could use it for a, like a GB2 semi-hero, it's still not technically accurate for that either. No, 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 no. It's it. And looking at the photos that were posted, it is definitely a hero yeah. wand. Um, there's There's been no modifications to it um, whatsoever to, to make it a semi-hero wand. Mm-hmm. Um, it does look I, great, I, though. So I It mean, does. Yeah. I like the archival nature of it I yeah think. you know the like like you for for a pack that i'm gonna wear or you know bring out on the town conventions or what have you i i i want aluminum they just feel better in the hand well and um, you know as well as i do how many people we know who whose wands have somehow jumped off their pack and shattered on the oh, ground gosh, yeah so, I, I if i shattered a uh, a casting off of the the superhero wand i would i would weep but <laughs> as something as something that i could put in a nice display case at home mm-hmm. um you know i really feel like that would be the pack that i would be okay with not having sound in it and doing a, a you know like an ac adapter yeah and plugging the the pack into the wall mm-hmm. you know you know a la planet hollywood yeah that way i could just flip a switch and boom there's you know my superhero resin replica sitting there looking real damn cool but yeah. i'm excited i'm excited to see where he goes i'm excited to see where the you know as these other parts release um i'm just you know i'm i'm excited to see also the the end of the tunnel because the mm-hmm. the legacy parts i think are coming out a little bit faster because mm-hmm. it's easier yeah, you know they can they can cast whatever they have access to or have already cast what they have access to, um, and they can produce that. But I I do know that there is a lot of anticipation for the aluminum parts on the Max Factory shell. Yeah, which of course is uh, much more idealized. You know, probably akin to closer to something from like Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the. Uh... Yeah, and again, there's nothing necessarily wrong with an idealized shell. Um, no, no, and his idealized shell is is much more in the realm of what we would consider idealized. You know, there's a lot more texture to it, a lot more mm-hmm. wonk to it. It's not, um, 
you know, it, it's not, I would say, and, and I tread this, <laughs> I tread this land very carefully, uh, like a Ben of Kent shell, because Ben of Kent produces a shell that I would believe is how the proton pack is supposed to look in universe. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, definitely. I know exactly what you're getting at. Um, you know, and I love a good idealized pack. Like, you know, as much as, as much as I appreciate the screen accurate, you know, all, all the warts and everything. Um, I like, seeing a good idealized pack that sort of combines elements from all the different packs, all the, all the things that, you know, whoever's building it personally likes and wants to incorporate. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are always fun. They are. They're always pretty. Um, I've always had a a strong admiration, especially for, um, you know, Chuck Fincher, Charles Fincher is a big fan of very clean packs. Yeah. Um, and he builds them so beautifully. And, uh, and I think that kind of goes into that realm of the idealized pack where it's brand new and still shiny and everything is just beautiful and polished. It it, it is fun. I I like seeing how many interpretations and iterations there really are of what would be more considered an accurate pack. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people's like, oh, well, do whatever you want. I and, and there's definitely there's room and there's space and there's there's love for those people as well. Um, but there's just so many cool, different little things that you can do with just a standard proton pack that that brings just a lot of a lot of fun to it, which is why we can continue to talk about these so long down the road. Well, one of the the things that, you know, and maybe we'll do a whole episode on this, but, you know, caution stripe, right? People can go really, (laughs) really, really overboard with caution stripe. However, there's one detail that I've seen a lot of people do on, you know, idealized packs that are... On the bumper? On the bumper. Yes. That looks real sharp to me. And that is like one instance of, you know, caution stripe where I'm like, I'm okay with that. That looks great. I see that a lot on the spirit modifications as well. Yeah. Just to bring a little bit more interest into the spirit bumper. And I got to I got to agree with you. I like the caution striping there. Mm-hmm. I also want to say I've seen caution striping on the booster tube. Um, kind of in the same vein as the caution stripe on the slime tank. Yeah. Where it's just a, a strip of it. You know, a little bit of caution stripe goes a long way. Yeah. Not every surface that you can stick it to, but not you know you got you got custom straps from nick farnsworth in black and yellow and caution striped (laughs) you know hose tape coming out of the pack and the whole thing looks like a Wiz khalifa music video (laughs) not not everything is black and yellow yeah um but yeah the caution stripe on the bumper it's also fitting for like that part yeah it, it looks like it belongs it does um and you know that's a detail that like They've not really done any other customization to it other than just that little touch. And I think it looks so good. We're going to have to do an episode on customizations that we like because we could tangent right here. And I can feel like my heart being on the edge of that conversation. <laughs> and I want to engage on that. But we we got to talk about Ghost Traps, but we got some other stuff to cover before we do that. Yes. Um. So there is a prop that I know I want to talk about for the you've earned it. Um, 
Has anything caught your eye recently? I have a feeling we're both going to choose the same thing. So we're going to choose the same thing. Let's let's get into it. Okay. This reminds me of the time you tried to drill a hole through your head. Do you remember that? That would have worked if you hadn't stopped no. me. Egan, I'm going to take back some of the things I said about you. You you've earned it. All right. Do you, do you um? You want to you want let's let's say his last name at the same time. Let's see if we're talking about the same person. I'll count us to three. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. One, two, three. Ortiz. Ortiz. Yep. 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 Yes. Yep. Oh my gosh, Rafid Ortiz has has completed his century proton pack cannon wand. Oh my god, dude! It's so beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous he was able to spot details um on on that that i did not see from the the reference photos that that i have and this is the century wand i i this is the one i nicknamed saber because it looks like a lightsaber and i'm a nerd um but this is the the same one that i've been obsessing over Mm -hmm. that you know you and i have talked about but he even has the bracket Uh uh-huh which I, I love that. I mean, what an incredible way to display it just by itself. Yeah. I mean, the bracket on there, the whole thing. And I, I got to be honest, he knocked me out of the park because I saw his initial build and um, his initial photos of the build going into it. I was like, okay, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. That'll, you know, that'll, that'll come out looking good. His finished product thing, dude. Yeah blew me away um the paint application the the weathering mm-hmm. um i mean and from what i under that's a resin wand isn't it i think so yeah i mean and even the plates on the on yeah. the added plates on the barrel i think are just pvc yeah and they look aluminum holy shit yeah it's, it's so gorgeous yeah i mean when did he post it two days ago three days mm-hmm. ago yeah, and as soon one, as I saw it, days. I was like, "Yep, me and Dan are picking the same thing." <laughs> yeah, we, like... it's it's gorgeous, and he has it all lit up. Yeah, which is great. Um, you know the it, it looks like the light kit that he has in it may be a little bit smaller than um than what was used on screen, but I, I can give a pass. I mean, come on, it's the first century wand that we've seen. Yeah, and it's setting the bar high i mean he really went to town on that weathering effect for it and just kicked its ass um the the braided cable going underneath the uh the heat sink too i don't know where he saw that i don't know if that's something that he made up Mm -hmm. um and and i'm gonna reach out to him and ask um and see if maybe he has reference that i'm i i didn't see um or if it was just an interpretive thing but it works if it is just his interpretation it it works really really well and i'm just gushing over it he did a great job yeah i as soon as i saw that i was just blown away it's just absolutely spectacular and it's like i see that and i was like oh my god i have to build one of these right now i Mm -hmm. screw everything else i'm working on i've got to do this you know Mm mm-hmm yeah, uh, the yeah, it is just brilliantly done, well done. the The bracket is great, and like you said, an amazing way to, to display it. 
Um, he better do the pack next. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I want to see him tackle that as well. Uh, I had some ideas on how to, to do mine and he's got me rethinking it. Just it's a great job. Like, dude, you've earned it. Expertly executed. Like absolutely expertly executed. Um, yeah, yeah, we definitely chose the same person there. So one last shout out to, to Rafid Ortiz and uh, his Sentry Wand Saber. Great job, man. You you really knocked it out. Again, guys, You've Earned It is, is just a friendly community kudos. Um, builds that catch our eye. It can be in Spangler's 1984 Workbench or any of the other many, many fantastic build forums that are on Facebook or you know, replica prop forum, ghostbusterfans.com. Um, Austin and I are, are in those all the time. Unfortunately, there's no real, you know, prize except for, for us drooling over your, your replica, but, um, maybe we'll do something in the future. Give out stickers or something. Uh, Thermal mugs. Yeah. (laughs) Free balloons for the kids. Yeah. All right. Well, you ready to talk about what's on our workbench? Yep. All right. What is that thing you're doing? It's technical. It's one of our little toys. The proton peg is not a toy. I guess that's right. Austin. Yes. What's on your workbench? Uh, Stella Phoebe pack, but also uh, now a ghost trap. Yeah? Yeah. You got bit by the ghost trap bug? Yeah. You know, we were talking about it, and I've had this uh, MDF trap that me and mm-hmm. my friend Ryan built. Oh God, like at least 10 or 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they were built using Sean Bishop's plans. Uh, we did a couple of slight modifications to them. I don't remember if Sean's plans called for a removable cartridge or not, but we made the cartridges removable. Nice. And I think Sean's plans did have a removable cartridge, but I also remember his plans being, uh, as as Sean is very transparent in saying that hey, some of the measurements might be a little off, yeah. just as needed. Yeah, well, there's the whole section of like the handle, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, here's three different ways they were done on all the ghost traps. Pick which one you like, but you know, you have to adjust your build accordingly to whichever one. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. So you had these old NVF traps and yeah, what doing with them. It's well, and it's the one that I had. I made a yellow rod trap out of it. It wasn't super accurate. Um, I think I mentioned it in one of our previous episodes that in place of the red EDA label that's on the the Sedgwick trap that they have outside the ballroom, mm-hmm. I put the blue label because like, well, it's, it's got <laughs> yellow rods, so I'm going to put blue labels on it. Why not? Why not? and i mean it's been through hell and back i mean it's been to conventions all over the place and it's so beat up the front uh bar graph section has like popped off numerous times because it had fallen off my belt and just like snapped off you know and so it's been re-glued a million times the battery compartments come off i don't know how many times the handles come off a million times and i was like you know what I'm going to take this bad boy and I'm going to do my best to make it more accurate. I'm going to make it sturdier. I'm going to put a real aluminum handle on it this time. Uh, So I went through the reference and just sort of 
did my best to uh, make it as accurate as I could with what is already existing. There's a few things that I just couldn't quite modify to get it perfect for my standards, but it's going to be pretty close. Um, I ended up having to take the bottom out of the, the carriage part. Right. And then I I cut like a quarter inch off the back of the cartridge, which when I did that, excuse me, it, uh, it fits together. The front is flush. Like it's supposed to be. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased with how it's coming, coming along. So your, your ghost trap handles, you mentioned that you're doing aluminum. Are you doing pipe or bar? Uh, on this one, I'm just doing bar just because it was what was the original handle is a the square post was wood mm-hmm. and it had a threaded insert and it just had a an Allen head screw going through the top to hold the solid bar handle on. OK, which is why it always came loose. Um, sure. And I already had the material and for the stunt trap, you know, from what I can tell, it doesn't look like it has the caps on either end of it. No, it's 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 uh it's pipe, open pipe, yeah, yeah. I but I don't like the open pipe, mm-hmm. so I decided to just use the uh, the solid bar that I've already got. So have you ever have you gotten a chance to build a trap with uh, pipe handles? Have you capped them, or do you just normally pull aluminum bar for yourself? Um, the only traps I've ever built have been these MDF traps. And so they've, they've always just had the, always been the aluminum bar. Yeah. So, um, I have ghost traps back on my table. Now, (laughs) disappointingly, I had like three weeks off, Mm -hmm. um, before starting my new job today. And I tell you, man, I was like, Oh, I'm going to build this and this and this and this. I didn't build a fucking thing. That's how it always works out. (laughs) Um, I was just, I was all prepped for it. Uh, weather was against me. Um, you know, family stuff was against me, just things that needed to be done around the house and, you know, family emergencies had to bring dog to the vet and every, everybody's fine, of course. But, uh, I did finally get around to getting caps for my trap handles so are they, are you just going to weld them on or do they? I, I'm going to bolt them on. Okay. I'm going to use an extra long Allen head. Um, now these are, uh, this is specifically in reference, I should say, to my uh, throwing chicken semi-hero ghost trap that he does. Okay. And it's the it's the one that looks like a hero trap, but it's rotocast as one piece. Yeah. Um, and the, the handle that comes with it, of course, is, is aluminum pipe rather than aluminum bar. Um, and there were no cap pieces with it. And, uh, I had been racking my brain with how I was going to cap them. You know, I even thought about maybe setting it down and filling it with resin or filling it with body filler or something like that. But I finally made my way over to Home Depot and found these half inch, um, plumbing caps and Mm. out of the package they don't fit um but if you put in some cuts onto the the barbs you know four cuts to kind of give that pliability and a little bit of glue um they set in really quite nice and they make a nice cap for for those pipes interesting Mm -hmm. you know i i have plans eventually to do a hero trap and i was trying to figure out I assume the original heroes are probably threaded. 
the caps are threaded? I, I think they're welded. Which, I mean, I, I can't see they'd be welded because you can clearly see a defined like, line all the way around it where the cap meets maybe. the pipe. So I would assume it's probably threaded or maybe it's it's turned down and it's got a lip that just kind of sets inside the pipe and it's just glued maybe. Um, I don't know, but I'll have to, I'll have to start practicing my my threading again on the on the lathe and see if I can make some nice caps that thread into the pipe. That would be nice, yeah. Um so I yeah, I'm finally getting on that so that I can finish that ghost trap. I think uh I have to do the vector plate on it and um then the the front the front window, you know, for the the indicator like the bar graph to go on there and then it's it's pretty much done. It's just been sitting for so long because I ran into, well, how do I want to do the handle? Yeah. <laughs> finally got motivated enough to go and look at it. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of the nature of it is, is when you're doing a project, you'll get distracted by another project and then come back to one from, from earlier. Yeah. Um. Outside of that, I, I can't say I've been doing too much workbenchy stuff. A lot of more ordering parts again. Mm-hmm. Um, placed a, a fairly nice order with Ghostbuster fans for um, light kits, specifically a light kit for the wand of the IDW pack. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I got um, that, and the other light kit will eventually go to... Uh, my real Ghostbusters wand. Um, as soon as I get some some other things kind of situated and sorted on how I want that proton pack to to operate, that's going to end up getting a few more custom electronics. So, like we've talked about before, I'm finding someone, a friend of mine, who is smarter than me and is good with uh, custom electronics to help me out on that. Yeah, but it'll all be based off of the the Ghostbuster fans. Um, light kit because it, it, i mean it works yeah it's... you know it works really well it, it's got enough bells and whistles that you can work around things I, I don't understand i guess why there's such a big poo-poo except for maybe the european builders i can see why they're going with different electric suppliers just because of shipping costs can be a little bit much yeah um but it's a good kit. It's a good lighting kit, and it's solid. And uh, I'm I'm excited to get that order in. I think we talked about this last time. AJ is catching up on his order, so I suspect that should be going out in the next few days or so. So I should have it um, in the next week or two. So I'm excited to get all those parts because there's also parts for two trap pedals in there as well. So I'm excited to start tinkering with those. Yeah, I mean, I've got a whole shopping cart full of it across multiple websites for ghost mm-hmm. trap stuff like you know this trap that i'm working on originally the all the side plates and everything were just styrene plastic but you know painted silver so i went and bought some aluminum sheet i'm gonna cut real aluminum plates out of it but you know the vector plate on the side of it was one that i had my dad machine out of aluminum years ago because oh, wow. you couldn't get vector plates so easily back then Right. And uh, I was like, well, it was great, but I got to I got to get me a real vector plate on here. And I have some real vector plates, but they're the long ones for the pedal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really want to cut them up when I know you can buy the ones that are already the right size. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, if you can avoid cutting up uh, uh, vector plates. I've heard, I'm not sure. I haven't actually looked into it because I have a a fairly healthy supply of, of uh, side plates just kind of sitting in my part bins. Um, but I've heard that some of the different size vector plates are kind of getting a little scarce again. Yeah, I mean, I, do they even still make them? I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's part of me that's like, okay, I need to sit down and come up with every possible ghost trap I would ever want to build and buy vector. And make sure you have make sure, plates for it. Yeah, I mean, because I don't yeah. ever want to go through the trouble of like, I mean, AJ will probably have a manufactured replicator at some point anyway. Probably. So I don't know why I'm stressing that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've got a lot of parts on not on order, but like in my shopping cart, ready to you know hit pay whenever I get some spare money in for them, and you know resistors, and I did get some knobs, some front knobs, for oh cool, I, I think are a pretty good match for the stunt knobs. Oh uh, good, yeah, knobs are. Uh, that's been a touchy subject on the workbench. <laughs> yeah, it has <laughs> a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of. Um, egos clashing yeah. on on ghostbusters one trap knobs yeah it's uh <laughs> but it's you know, a little the, crazy it can get a little crazy guys um especially with trap knobs you know ghostbusters 2 ends up being so much easier in some of the research departments because so much of it still exists yeah but then ghostbusters 1 ends up having having that difficulty that so little of it did not get converted for Ghostbusters 2. And and even in photos, even in reference photos of Ghostbusters 1 traps, knobs are already missing. Yeah, the the little black knob. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like, I'm specifically doing the, the yellow rod trap, which we've kind of theorized yeah. as the hallway trap, the hallway shoot trap. After it was right. kind of repainted and all that, um, you can't even see the front knobs in the movie. But all the hallway shoot photos, you know, that little black knob is missing. Yep. Um, and the the photos that you had posted up recently of that trap on display somewhere, that knob is missing. You know, so do we even know if it was black originally, or do we even know if it's the same trap? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's been so much more additional talk. Uh, ghost traps after the last episode and I'm just like ah, I didn't even catch that detail um, but you know what this is a perfect segue let's get into it let's get into part two of ghost traps um, originally it was going to be uh, an you know roundtable discussion but instead we're we're uh, doing questions from the community just you and I you ready bud I'm ready listen you smell something there's something very important I forgot to tell you what I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Why? All right. You are listening, of course, to the Black Firehouse podcast with your hosts, Austin Young and Dan Harshman. We are doing our part two uh, of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, Ghost Traps. I mean, kind of all Ghost Traps, really. We haven't really settled on where we're specifically aiming here. Um, I feel we're a little more focused than our last episode, Um, but uh, still just talking ghost traps in general. 
And for session 10 or part two of Ghost Traps, we are taking or have taken questions from the community that we're going to read off and and answer as we go. Um, Austin. Dan. Do you want me to kick this off or you want to kick this off? Uh, you can go for it since you've got the uh, the page pulled up right now. Yes, I do. So um, let's see here. Most relevant. We'll do all comments. We're going to make sure I have all of them here. Um, so the first one we have is from Max Siders. Uh, the metal bracket or catch on some of the Ghostbusters one traps is thought to be a pedal holder. Would be great to hear more about that. Uh, Mike, I mean, you, you got it kind of right on the ball there. One of the people we wanted to get um, for for the show was Doug Solo. Um, him and John Anderson are both working on a consummate kind of Bible for ghost traps, which they announced, um, I think last summer mm-hmm. that I'm really super excited about. Yeah. Um, I hope it's a project that they're still moving forward on. And, and John bless his heart. Um, he, straight, he straight up said, I'm not as interesting as you guys. I don't think I should be on this show. I was like, John, people would love to hear from you, but that's okay. I, I I love him nonetheless. And um We'll wear him down and get him on eventually for something. Eventually. Yep. And then um I did I did hear back as well um from the other gentleman that we tried to get from Cole. I tried to get Cole last minute as well because he's working on an aluminum trap that's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately he has schoolwork. Which is somehow more important than talking to nerds about Ghostbusters props. I mean, technically, this is schoolwork, right? Like, we're schooling people on ghost traps. So, the metal bracket <laughs> on uh, <laughs> the metal bracket on the ghost traps. Um, yeah, Mike, I mean, it, there was a lot of kind of third rounds for a long time. Um, one of the prevailing theories was always that it was used to um, hold the hose. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I had heard that one for a long time and I didn't really quite understand that one. One of the, the, the dumbest theories I ever heard was that it was to hold dry ice <laughs> for, for getting the, the ghost trap to smoke, but they, they didn't use dry ice. Um, but Mike, essentially what you stated is the purpose of that, that, you know, bracket, um, in which, and, and full credit to, to Doug and John's research for bringing this information to light is that how the pedal is designed, it is designed to latch into the top of the ghost trap. Yeah. Um, and when you get into a lot of the details of the hero trap, you know, there's even on the, the stem of the handle, um, the, the, the box stem, there's a, a hole in it underneath where the handle joins at the, at the L joint. And the, the bottom of the trap pedal actually would clip into that hole. And then the whole pedal would, would clip onto top, onto the top of the ghost trap. Um, and it, and it from from Doug and John's research, it they were never able to get it to work, at least not how they intended to. And, you know, time constraints and everything, they just weren't able to continue to modify the ghost trap to make that work. So eventually they just added that bracket. 
um, and that bracket gave the the tautness that was needed for the the pedal to just kind of stay in place and not flop all over the place. Now, more so interesting is that that bracket, I believe, only shows up in stunt traps. Um, I think so. Uh, is the I I might be mixing my reference up, but I thought there was an image of the uh, the trap they hold they hold up in front of the the ballroom when they come out of the ballroom, which is a smoking trap. Okay, so that would have been a, a stunt trap. Okay, um, I think there's one on that, um, but yeah, I don't think there's any on any of the heroes. There's not even any evidence where one might have actually been mounted. Yeah, I at think any point. the 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 geometry of the heroes is so much more complicated having the removable cartridge. Yeah. You know, even on the ones that rolling out, there's not really a mounting point for it. Um, except for that kind of that mystery bolt that sits at the front of one of the hero traps, which I think is the containment unit trap. Yeah. That, that mystery bolt and that, that could have maybe at some point had that uh, bracket on there. Um, but really who knows <laughs> well and the thing i've i've noticed looking at the the various different uh, reference pictures over the last week it seems like that bracket is made of incredibly thin aluminum because it's it's yes it's bent back all the way almost on the uh, the yellow rod trap um mm-hmm. when i made mine for this trap i made it out of slightly thicker aluminum just because i i don't want it to just snap off at any point <laughs> so mine's more I, of a decorative piece rather than you know functional yours will probably end up well if it's sturdy or aluminum it'll end up being a more function functional thing because you won't have to worry about it snapping off well yeah eventually i will i will tackle a pedal for it right now i'm just worrying about the trap itself but uh fair enough yeah i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna attempt making the the working the locking uh trap pedal at some point so this next one, this is from Chuck Fisher, four days ago. Hoping you've already wrapped up recording. Nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you haven't, what resistor is in the pedal base? What? Oh, yeah. Which resistor is that? It's, I believe it's one of the Pacific resistors. Uh, you know, who knows what watt it is. Um, you know, probably the same one that's on the packs. Like a tw- is it one of the longer or shorter ones? One of the shorter ones. Shorter ones. Yeah. So this the shorter Pacific resistor. I, I, resistor. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't because it's got. I don't think it's a Dale. It doesn't have the uh, the ribbing. It's got the uh, vertical ridges instead of the horizontal ridges. Yeah. It's it's not ribbed for mutual pleasure. No. It's. <laughs> well, again, we we briefly touched on that detail last episode, but. You know, that's a fairly recent discovery from what I understand that there's even a, a resistor in the pedal base. Uh, yeah, it is definitely a, a discovery within the past uh, three or four years. And I think it wasn't until we got um, some of those auction photos that we were like, hey, <laughs> I, a fucking it, resistor under there, man. <laughs> yeah, when I've, I, I need to go back. I, I keep meaning to, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's on all of them. I don't recall ever seeing it on any GB2 resistor. Or, I don't uh, think GB2 it's on pedals. any of the Ghostbusters 2 pedals. Yeah, so it may be a GB1 only thing. Because they probably realized, like we mentioned last time, like 
why put a resistor in there when you can just drill a couple of holes in the base and stick the wire in there? Yeah. Um, so this next one comes from Christina Nicole, which is uh, talk about the biggest of traps, the ecto containment system in the basement of the firehouse and everything related to it. That's a different show, Christina. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole nother episode, but we are going to talk about the ecto containment unit and we, that's going to be one i gotta be honest that's one of the props that i have not done a fair amount of research on and i always feel bad i have a a a good buddy of mine brian um who is is really pulling out the stops on building his ecto containment unit you know custom aluminum pieces from rj and and tons and tons of research he's poured into it and uh he'll tell me about it i'm just like yeah man (laughs) <laughs> cool it's a cool prop containment unit was red yeah <laughs> it, it it goes on the wall it, it's it's in the wall that's a fake wall yeah it's uh it is... it's a great prop and it's one that i i've seen so many people build one you know i couldn't tell you how accurate they are like you but they you know they look nice yeah. um i've got a buddy of mine that did one that looks amazing uh i'd love to build one myself sometime but uh I, I would just, definitely want to do a lot more research on it, like you said. So, Christina, we will make sure that Austin and I get our get out our notebooks and and get our noses dirty, and we will have an ecto containment unit episode. Um, I would love to have uh, my buddy Brian on for for that episode as well, because I know he would love to talk about it, and he's a talker. He's like us. Yeah. Um. So we will get to that, Christina. Just sadly, not this episode. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jack Dowd. We love Jack. He's our favorite robot. Um, <laughs> does the afterlife RTV trap make the wireless, the video game trap more canon, or are they both just cop-outs for plot <coughs> convenience? <laughs> that's that's his first question. Would the Ecto-1B Muon trap have been a better in-universe idea than the RTV, or is the video game something best left on the QT, if not fully MIA. Hmm. I mean, they're both cop-outs for plot convenience. Yeah. I mean, the the, the wireless uh, Ghost Trap in Ghostbusters, the video game, which, by the way, definitely going to need episodes dedicated to those props, because... Oh, absolutely. Um, they're they're just as cool as anything else um terminal reality did a really fantastic job of designing those things uh for their video game to continue to look that ghostbusters aesthetic which we've talked about before which can be really really hit or miss Mm -hmm. um and terminal reality hit it on the head when they did that um i mean jack already knows the answer the the real answer is that these traps were for plot convenience yeah um in universe, though, I see absolutely no reason why they wouldn't both exist. I mean, it's a logical step forward in in the technology of the trap, right? I mean, mm-hmm. why would you not want a wireless trap? You know, well, both are logical steps forward. Yeah, I mean the the RTV is logical for having a trap on board with the Ecto One. Yeah, and the the wireless, you know belt trap is is a 
I'm actually surprised that the trap that they roll out in Ghostbusters Afterlife wasn't wireless. I was kind of surprised that too. Like, I figured we'd see a version of a wireless trap other than the RTV in the movie at some point. Because it seemed like, well, if he's already developed the wireless technology for the RTV, he's probably applied it to the standard traps as well. Right. Um, nope, he just made the wheels and the hose thicker. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it's a monster truck oh, now. It is. Ghostbusters monster truck. Um, I think there was maybe an intentional... I think it might have been intentional with with production on Afterlife to make sure they weren't doing any of the same designs as the video game. Oh, yeah. I mean, despite what everybody wants to argue about online, the video game isn't canon anymore. Like, And it was, right. you know, only canon originally because there was nothing else at the time. Yeah. Um, doesn't make it any less cool. Yeah, and it just... and it doesn't mean that they can't borrow elements from that, but it, but borrowing elements doesn't make it canon. Right. Um, you know, it's the same people that get all wrapped up in Star Wars expanded universe stuff. Like, well, they they ripped this storyline off for Episode Seven or whatever. It's like, yeah, cool. They can do that. They own all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like turns out Luke doesn't have to sleep with his dead Padawan's force ghost. Exactly. Yay. We don't we don't have to pretend that that didn't happen anymore cuz now we can just say it didn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know, the uh Yeah, I I agree. I think it was probably they intentionally tried to not copy anything from the video game. Um you know, the wireless I've seen people try to argue that oh the wireless ghost trap it's a nod to Return of the Ghostbusters because they you know they had the the ghost trap on mounted to a uh what are those things called Dan remote control truck oh okay <laughs> uh wow at the okay. <laughs> to, I've I've been sick it's fine um <laughs> they had one of those at the beginning of Return of the Ghostbusters and. Uh, you know, I saw people argue all day long. Oh, no, it's a nod to that. I'm like, it's not a nod to that. That was something that people had come up with years before that idea. And I'm sure that Jason Reitman and Gil Keenan didn't scour the Internet for Ghostbusters fan films and fan fiction to come up with their ideas. You know, people can come up with ideas independently from each other. God, so you mean no giant ghostbusting mech? No giant ghostbusting mech. No, no, Boondoo Magic Men. Not yet. I mean, we still have a, a potential sequel, so <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, so our next one comes from Lewis Stone. Um, I'd like to know how they did the sliver of light coming through the center of the trap doors at the start of Afterlife. Uh, was it practical or added in post production? If practical, I wouldn't mind knowing so I can attempt the same with my trap build. Um, I honestly don't know, Lewis. Uh, I, I think there is equal probability for that effect to have been done practically or digitally or actually both. Are we talking about at the very beginning of the movie when Egon's mm -hmm. holding it up? Yes. I don't see why it wouldn't be practical. Well, 
I I can definitely see it being practical, and and if it's practical, it's super easy. Um, well, I mean, all you're doing is you're making sure that the trap doors aren't sitting flush, and that there's a light source behind them. Well, we know that I think most of the traps had lights installed in them in the cartridge. Well, most of the traps had lights installed in them, but I also don't think it's far fetched for them to have a light back there, capture that on camera, and then afterwards digitally enhance it to well yeah that's the true exact and that's that's where i'm coming with it because it, it could either it could really go either way um but i think it would be something very easily um redone you know with with your home trap i mean simply you're just mounting the doors in such a way that they're not flush yeah and then putting a big light behind them i don't want to do that i mean it'd be cool be cool it'd be cool on a, a smoking trap oh yeah definitely um you could get a, a large flashlight reflector dish to put it behind there so you get some real good kick from the light and then um you know the the e-cigarette machines direct it with some pneumatic hose around the doors um so that the smoke pours out the side of the doors i think that'd be really cool can i uh can i have a hot take real quick yeah. Well, just while we're talking about afterlife traps, mm-hmm. I think the afterlife traps might be my favorite ghost trap. Really? Favorite iteration. Yeah. Simply because Why? they took the the like the hero Ghostbusters one trap and improved upon it a little bit in terms of I really like the new latch and catch system on the afterlife trap for the cartridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it looks real slick in the the uh the little arms that are attached to the trap doors that aren't mm-hmm. on the original but they're visible on the afterlife trap i just i think they look cool i like the new pedal oh my god the new pedal i want one so bad and there's no I, reference well, i i i do and i don't like the new pedal i don't like whatever the hell is going on with the actual uh pedal itself like the double like the, vector, the vector plate yeah, the the double vector plate with like double hinges or something like that. But I I like that the resistor was moved because yeah, well it's a it, it's a pain in the butt to step on them. If you look at the one reference picture we have from behind the scenes that I I can't remember who posted it on the the workbench. It was one of the one of the people on Jordan's team. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a plate mounted in the shape of the uh relay base mm-hmm. on the top on the top and then you know to me that that tells the story of well egon realized this thing's gonna get knocked off mm-hmm. it's probably happened a lot so let's move it and patch it's up a that whole detail it's a no it's i love it's, it it is it's a fantastic detail um and it was a great way of saying yeah, there was there was an evolution to these props as as they were used for ghost busting. Yeah, it was one of the many brilliant little touches that were were placed on many of the many of the afterlife props. Uh, not so much the Phoebe proton pack. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Listen, man, I I, just, <laughs> I I don't understand the wires coming out of the the clipper and going to the booster tube. He didn't have to like understand it. It looks cool. I mean, but does it? Yeah, it does. You're wrong. Okay. I mean, 
sure. You're not wrong. Cool. You're allowed to. You're allowed to dislike it. They I, I like so many of the other adjustments on that pack. I love. Yeah. Uh, the the additional hoses running along the uh, the ribbon the, cable. The ribbon cable. You know those those kinds of things. I just I'm having a hard time with that particular detail fitting in universe. Aside from being like, hey, we got to make this look like it was cobbled together. Well, but that's not ghost traps. No. Moving on. And that sounds like a me problem. <laughs> um, and then the final one that we have uh, on on uh, the podcast Facebook page is uh, from Lewis. Cossie, and all he wanted to say is that he is getting a Maddie trap on Thursday, and that he's very pleased that he came across one that wasn't near a thousand dollars. Lewis, you're gonna love it. Make sure you take good care of it. I highly recommend not wearing it. Yeah, um, my friend Ryan had one that he. <laughs> it was so funny. We used to like to go out on Halloween in the downtown area and our ecto and they had this little turnaround like right in front of this theater that's downtown and man we pulled up in there came to a screeching halt and we just like bailed out of the car and we ran around the back we got our gear on well ryan comes out of the out of the driver's seat around the back and grabs he had a mattel trap in the back and he grabbed it by the hose and he starts running towards the theater and it just fell off the hose and like the whole front just shattered Oh gosh, it was so horrible to witness. There is uh, a lot of friction in that hose connection when they're when they're right out of the box. Yeah, but that's going to wear down. Disconnecting, connecting, and disconnecting that hose, you know, hundreds of times over a few years, um, it, it's going to wear it out. You think they would have made it, it so at least threaded in and not just I, pushed in? It would have been so much better yeah. if it was a threaded in piece. Um, I mean, it would have been even better if it was a foster quick connect, but you know, yeah, <laughs> here we are. Uh, but the the ghost trap I felt was the f- the real bridge between the super quality of the Maddie PKE and then everything that followed, mm-hmm. which was made of a cheaper lighter plastic and the ghost trap has incredible functionality yeah um the you know stepping on the pedal getting it to open you close it as movie mode it has you know a uh, prop mode and it shakes and it it screams and it's so fucking cool um but it is delicate yeah it is a delicate delicate collector's piece and uh i mean even i i you know i have two of them and one, I made the mistake of setting it in a window. Oh, no. So, of course, the, the hazard stripes have, have faded all to hell. Um, and I just remember there, you know, there used to be a massive market for modifying them. And I'm not sure if those pieces parts still exist out there. But it's a lot of fun. And the Mattel traps are a lot of fun. And you're going to have a lot of fun. Um, just sitting on your living room floor, yeah. <laughs> rolling the trap out and and pressing the pedal. But oh my god, don't don't press that pedal with a shoe on. Oh no, um, do not attempt to stomp on it. Just gin- yeah, gingerly 
pushed down on it. Yeah, gingerly pushed down because uh, the the trap pedal is even more fragile, I would say, than the trap itself. Um, especially a lot of it just being formed plastic. It's not even, you know, solid pieces. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure is to make it lighter. But yeah, it, it cut down costs and everything like that, but. It, it definitely was the beginning of the end for the Mattel prop line because the 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 quality never really recovered. Yeah. After after the Ghost Trap, which was a shame because it's it's damn near a perfect product. Um, I would really love to see what Hasbro could bring to the table if they were to do a, a Ghost Trap. Maybe that will be their Ghostbusters Haslab for for next year. Hope so. I would like to see. Hasbro's take on it because you know I thought their wand was a lot better than the Maddie wand it was yeah um I still have some of the same issues with it um and that literally comes down to the fact that it's made out of plastic yeah I mean there's only so much you can do with I mean it's still a toy at the end of the day yeah uh I would I would 100% continue to recommend a resin thrower If, if you can't get an aluminum one continue to recommend uh you know, a throwing chicken kit or, or even going with a 3d printed kit, one of, uh, Quentin's files or, or a Ben of Kent wand, mm-hmm. um, for sure over, over the Mattel or even the Hasbro wand, which are both very, very great in their own regard. It's just the, that man, that plastic, you can't, you can't fix it. Like you can 3d printed stuff. You can't fix it. Like you can resin parts. Exactly. You know, and we've already talked about wands can shatter real easy. Uh, yeah, oh, they and they like to shatter. Mm-hmm. They take a, a severe amount of punishment, and if if you want to know, just look to the originals. Um, even the semi-hero throwers, uh, most of them are just—they've been abused for for so long. You know, being in stores, just being used by actors, and then you get these people who are doing their Ghostbusters costumes and events and everything for years and years and years and years. So. You know, the wand's going to take a considerable amount of punishment and very small working spaces. Um, And the same thing with the trap. The trap, you know, hanging off your belt, it runs into everything. Um, Yeah. I think we've talked about it before, but the the ghost trap that I would normally have hanging off my belt (coughs) is a multimedia mayhem kit. And I think the only reason that trap is still in one piece is because of its more than hardy construction yeah you know like even like i said these uh mdf traps we built you know i i mean i wore it on my belt and you know being mdf it was fairly sturdy but again it it, when it did manage to pop off like that that front bar graph piece i mean literally just Mm -hmm. popped off you know um and, and it was the mdf had actually split like the layers split and it just popped off um, the battery box fell off a million times. Um, you know, no matter what it's built out of, it's going to receive damage in some form. Mm-hmm. If I had to recommend a ghost trap as a as the ultimate kind of consummate belt hanger, I would actually have to go with the Target ghost trap that released last year. Yeah. It's pretty pretty solid. I mean, I know it's two halves that are screwed together, but it's it is two halves screwed together. 
Um, and it's made out of really light plastic. You have the same weak points as other retail ones, which is in that, that trap handle. But because it's that two halves of plastic, you open that thing up and, and shore it up with, uh, with some fiberglass and then, you know, pour some resin into the handles, screw it all back together. You're going to have something that it will probably last you uh, a decent amount of time. Yeah. But even, even my, my trap replicas, I get nervous about always having them on my belt. And I always, uh, I always end up setting them on a table at events and stuff like that. Cause they're safer there because something hanging off your hip, just, it gets so, so abused. Um, and for something so cool, like the, the Maddie, um, the Maddie replica, take good care of it. And I'm very happy that you're able to find one at a, at a good cost because they have gotten a little outlandish. It's crazy how much they've gone up in price. Mm-hmm. It is. So Austin, you have questions from the workbench. I do. And a lot more of them. So I don't know if we're actually going to get through all of them or not, but we're going to try. Well, let's try First one comes from our buddy Mikhail, and he says, the one thing I don't think we've ever identified is the lens cover to the right of the bar graph. I think it may be a dial light brand, but I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know if it's a lens cover. I always thought it was just an LED, or not an LED, but a uh, the bulb. Just the lamp. Just the lamp just, sticking yeah. out. That's what I always thought. Because... It seems too small to be any other, you know, anything else. I mean, I, I guess it could be a, a lamp cover. I mean, Mikhail has a pretty good eye for those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but I've always been under the impression that it's just an exposed lamp. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It, it always looked like a an exposed lamp. Uh which seems dangerous because it's incandescent and seems like it would be easily broken. And I don't believe we have an example of any that are broken, but. I don't think we do, but it's in a spot that maybe it just wasn't. I don't know. Um, so, you know what, Mikhail, uh, definitely not definitively identified as a light cover um, or as just an exposed lamp. Um, but would definitely be worth more research, especially uh, as it's varied in its placement amongst traps. Um, normally, it would be on uh, the left side of the indicator. Or I'm sorry, if you're if you're rolling a trap out, it would be on the right side. Yeah. Except for that yellow rod trap where it's on the opposite side. Yeah, which I'm I've got to figure out what to do because I'm a, I'm attempting to put electronics in mine because as far as I know, the indicator is just static or the, the bar graph rather is just static yeah. on that one. Uh, yeah. So, and we know they've got that wire running from the, the bar graph to all the way down the side of the trap into the battery box. So I assume it's all hooked up to the toggle and you just flip the switch and everything comes on. That's what my assumption would be. Okay. So the next question comes from Joe Charles and he says the top sticker by the switch Afterlife has it as the white label with the numbers. I've heard GB1 has it as half of the warning label of the red circuit label on top of the pack. What's the deal? So we're talking about the, the warning label that's on the battery box over by the red indicator light? Correct. Um, so Ghostbusters 1, that is 100% part 
part of the fuse label. Yeah. And uh, it is worn off. Yeah, the I think like with the again the same label on the like the superhero pack, the top you know, red laminated layers come off and it's just left an exposed strip of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that aluminum material is, which I think is what the afterlife trap is trying to mimic. They've, it, yeah, they've taken that, that lighter color and, you know, rather than using the fuse label, they've just decided to use that same, uh, whatever that white label is on the side of the trap. And I believe the, the best shot of, of the moment where you can see that is the, the top of the fuse label um, is when they're putting the trap into the containment unit. Yeah, that, and uh, I'm pretty sure you can see it in outside the ballroom at the Sedgwick pretty well. You can see that there's a red label. I'm not, uh, you might be right. I don't have the images in front of me of, of how discernible the label is in that scene, even in 4k. Yeah. You can definitely tell the bottom label is, is that same label cut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It, but it, it it is specifically the fuse label cut, the top part put on the battery box, and the bottom part put onto the underside of the trap. Yeah, which is the ecto-containment trap and then the Cedric trap. Are those the only two that have those labels? That I know of. Ghostbusters 2 didn't have them. Yeah, and I can't think of any other GB1 examples that have them either. No. Interesting. Okay. Okay, so next one comes from Jack Dowd again. He says, uh, recently heard people say the doors were just electrical tape, not painted. What's the evidence and breakdown of door paint among the various known traps? That's a really good question. That's a good question. I was actually just looking at this earlier because uh, I was talking with Michael Brandt recently um, and he's building an afterlife trap. And he, I believe, I believe it was him I was talking to. He mentioned he was uh, getting some yellow gaffers tape mm-hmm. for the stripes on his trap. And uh, I know there was some debate a while back on the, the type of tape used on the original GB1 traps that you know it was either electrical tape some people thought it was duct tape because you could see a texture in it which i don't think they had yellow duct tape back then so it would have been gaffer's tape but everything i looked up earlier it just looks like electrical tape however there was one trap i believe it was a gb2 stunt trap that they looked painted um it seems the majority so, are are actually uh, some kind of tape, though. Yeah, so uh, there does seem to be some that have paint on it, and I'm I'm looking at them right now. So, looking at the reference form specifically, I'm looking at the cartridge trap. So that would have been the the ecto containment unit trap yeah. with the removable cartridge, and I'm I'm looking at how the tape is bubbling up at the edges. Um, and to me, that's still screaming e-tape. Yeah, and there's some of the GB2 traps that is very clearly electrical tape just because of the way, uh, I don't know if you'd want to call it like chipping or the chunks that have kind of come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very it's, they're very thin, which I don't... It looks like dry rotted, dry rotted electrical tape. Yeah, they, you know, it's not something that I can see gaffer tape doing. Um, 
No. I can't I couldn't find the pictures. I know I've seen some pictures of a trap where people were seeing texture in the tape, what looked like a you know, like the cloth reinforcement. Um mm-hmm. or I guess everybody was debating whether it was gaffer tape or uh duct tape or whatever but i couldn't find those pictures again earlier when i was looking so i don't remember what trap that was specifically i i know what you're talking about and in my mind's eye i can see it i'm trying to look and see if there's a good shot in the reference library for something that has a bit more texture to it Um, let me see here. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm seeing things that are more consistent with electrical tape. Okay. So here's, there's a great shot of a stunt trap with, um, it's a close up of the front indicator box and there is a texture there in the tape. Um, but I'm not. The, the texture that they're talking about isn't present on the other strips of tape. It's not a consistent texture. Yeah. It looks more like something dirty <clears throat> was set on it. Um, and, and then the rest of the tape itself seems again, it's, it's, that's not gaffer's tape. Gaffer's tape is, it's a fabric tape. Yeah. Um, it would be easier to, to mistake gaffer's tape and duct tape for each other. Um, just because they're both, fabric-based tape um whereas electrical tape is thin it it dries out the same way it wrinkles the same way yeah um now i i definitely believe that there's probably some space to say that some of the ghost traps had painted stripes yeah like i said there was at least one i think it was a gb2 trap that it looked pretty clear to me that the stripes were painted on it may have been that weird, like fiberglass trap. Uh, and I'm looking at the fiberglass trap right now, and it would definitely be, I think, the best case for that to be painted on. And they're also wonky; mm-hmm. um, they're not evenly spaced. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's the the image by Heritage Auctions, ha dot com. That that particular. Uh, stunt trap and you know to back up mikhail's claim it does look more like a a lamp housing rather than just an exposed lamp on that front indicator panel but um i i think the case could be made that those stripes were painted on mm-hmm. um maybe masking the rest of the door with with e-tape and then painting the stripes on but anything that has that peeling um that's 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 electrical tape and that's not gaffers and i want to say it was that same fiberglass trap it had it would have had to have been because it was the only one that would be cast uh it looked like you could see where the you know whatever mold had been made that there were still lines in the original doors and the in the in the material from where the original tape had been laid down on from whatever trap that they had molded it very well could be. I'm not able to discern it from the, the images that I'm looking at. I'm also probably totally wrong and just <laughs> have a terrible memory. But All right. Next question. Okay. So next question comes from Corey E. Smith. 
he says, I need info on the front knobs of the GB4, excuse me, GB184 trap. I've noticed that these knobs are almost impossible to find. So now it's my job to design them and base off the best information I can find. Don't we all, Corey? Yeah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I we we discussed that a little bit earlier in this episode. The the front knobs um, are a bit of an enigma. Um, I think we're getting closer. We have really good approximations, but I I, I don't think anybody has been able to really say a hundred percent. And and some of that discussion from earlier today on the workbench. Um, and tread carefully, guys. You know, remember to to not get bruised egos. Don't take things personally. That kind of deal. Um, I, I would say that we don't have anything definitively identified for Ghostbusters one hundred percent. I know there was mention of it being Alco knobs. It, it very well could be. Mm-hmm. It could be older Alco knobs. Um, but I'm I'm at least not privy to any information that says, hey, this is what they were. Yeah, and you know, the last episode I had kind of mentioned that oh, we didn't even talk about GB one knobs, and uh, yeah, you know, you'd said that well, all we have is best guesses, and so of course, yeah. in in my research for doing the stunt trap and and researching the other traps and stuff in the last week, um, you know, I found a great old post. I believe it was Matt that posted it, um, and there was a lot of really great research going on in the comments about like the slider knobs. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, they're, you know, a lot of those slider knobs, they're very straight. The sides of the tapers are very straight, but clearly mm-hmm. we have some really good reference shots that they, they're not straight. They kind of, they kind of have a, a curve to them before they start to taper. And and some of them have a very extreme curve yeah. to them. So, and even AJ had pointed out that, uh, you know, to him, it didn't look like the the left knob was the same as the right knob. Uh, mm-hmm. as the, you know, the slider knob so you know i'm sure it was pretty much uh, the same with like all the you know the stuff on the packs they went and just dug out a bunch of knobs from the surplus and you know they well, probably all didn't match for, for the ghost traps yeah i mean the ghost traps are even less of a, a reason to have the front knobs matching because you don't see them you see the one hero trap mm-hmm. from the front and that's it well and like uh you know i i sent you the images what yesterday that you know i i think i found a pretty good match for one of the stunt knobs because the silver the large silver knob with the black top on the stunt trap is different from the hero trap it's a different kind right. of knob it, and to me it, to me it's very clear that it has kind of a black base to it like a black ridge around the bottom of it where it where it attaches to the front of the trap and so i found some knobs that seem to match but they're smooth and you know you had brought up well to you it kind of looked like they had ridges in them and i can you know i can see what image you're talking about where it looks like there could be ridges but it's also so hard to tell definitively it is and you know i know a lot of people think that the the large knob on the hero trap is smooth and most of the ones we found have been you know they've got ridges in them but again even in 4k it's it's so hard to discern whether or not they're they're smooth or ridged or whatever. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a mystery outstanding. That's very likely not to be solved. Yeah. Um, unless somebody involved in production has some sitting in a drawer somewhere and goes, Oh, Hey, yeah, man, I, I've been researching a lot of names. Yeah. A lot of these poor guys are gone. It's all that damn 
fiberglass and resin from the eighties. It it was. It was the smoking. It was the smoke effect. It killed them all. God, I'm so glad that I didn't use it. Other than that one time. <laughs> all right. Next question. Another one from Joe Charles. Uh, why the hell did they switch the bumpers from metallic? Excuse me. Uh, to metallic from red in Ghostbusters Two. Who's that for? <laughs> I think you and I talked about that last episode. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with laziness. Yeah. I, I just, to me, my favorite's the yellow trap. Again, I, I like that weird oddball esoteric yeah. stuff. Um, the red's okay. It's fine. But the silver is just, yeah, it just seems lazy. Like, eh, we don't want to paint it. It's fine. It doesn't break up that side of the prop. I, I mean, like... It, you and I like the yellow because it's esoteric. It's the outlier. It's the different. It's the wonky one. Yeah. Uh, the the red is classic and it breaks up that side. It gives more interest and more depth to that particular part of the prop. Uh, them leaving it silver means it was one less thing that they had to paint for an entire production. Because, you know, heroes, stunts, all of them would need to be painted and they were probably just like you know what hey just leave them silver well and it does seem like there was a lot more traps produced and or retrofitted for gb2 than there one than there was for gb1 yeah and to me that's really odd because i feel like it gets less screen time in gb2 than it does gb1 yeah okay next question another one from jack dowd uh skirted pointer knob I only know of one person to ever find a real one. Everyone else has had to add a skirt to a lower profile knob. Uh, reading the mil spec data sheet, it's possible to order the correct knob, but it seems people rarely did, so surplus is limited. Discuss. The prop makers clearly had a vendetta against us <laughs> 30 years ago. They knew. They knew <laughs> that we were going to be studying this stuff. I mean, it, it it just comes down to the same stuff as the, the hat lights. Yeah. I mean, the hat lights on the wands. I mean, think about how many interesting looking lamp covers there are out there. And they chose the one that it's just not widely available. Yeah. And, you know... I've always wondered about the skirted knob because, you know, the, the actual teardrop itself is really easy to find. Mm -hmm. But, I, yeah, I've never seen a real-world example of one that came, like, with a skirt already attached to it. Um, so, uh, you know, he says, according to the data sheet, that they exist and you can't order them. But did they find a bunch of teardrops and then find a bunch of skirts and piece them together? Or did they find some skirted pointer knobs off of a piece of equipment, you know? I, I think they found skirted pointer knobs on a piece of equipment. I think the skirted pointer knobs would have been uh, used probably in something uh, marine, you know, maybe mm -hmm. uh, marine-related to keep water from going into that joint. Yeah. Um, but I could be entirely wrong on that. Uh, why they chose that? It's probably because when they reached into the box, that's what they pulled out. Yeah. I've also never seen a real world example of one that has the white stripe on it. No, I haven't. I've only ever seen blank ones. So, you know, did they add the stripe or did whatever piece of equipment they pulled it off of 
whoever put that piece of equipment together originally add stripes to it i i I really it's one of those things that is such a little detail for them to add i wouldn't think that they would add it i think it would have been found i agree but i think it was just so rarely used or ordered that it has because the the other thing about these knobs you got to remember too is they would eat themselves up they're not made out of hardy plastics they would crack they would dry rot they would break you know it's very much in the same light as uh the the pneumatic elbows oh yeah those you know the they just break they were they were designed to be disposable pieces that you could take a quick allen wrench to and replace with whatever you needed Mm -hmm. yeah i uh i agree that they probably just reached into a box and found a bunch of them and this is what we use because i mean there's one on the containment unit and it's skirted Mm -hmm. and it has the the white line on it so okay another one from jack speculation (laughs) on the semicircle added to the gb2 traps the stunts have it just as a copy of the hero and why did the gb2 hero have it and why then did the gb2 hero have it i am pretty sure that they were already on the gb1 traps they are on the gb1 traps because the one I'm building has it present. Yeah, he's talking. He's is he getting hero and stunt mixed up? He says speculation on the semicircle added to GB two traps. Well, the the semicircle is only on the stunt traps. Yeah, and and they're in Ghostbusters one stunt traps and in Ghostbusters two stunt traps. Uh, their presence for Ghostbusters two stunt traps is probably because they're present for Ghostbusters one. Yeah. Um, while, why they're there, who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, you've got the, the semicircle and then the, like the rod on the other side. Yeah. And it's um, strange details. It, it, they're neat details. I mean, it's, it's very kit bashy, yeah. which is strange for a prop that is very not kit bashy. Um, you know, it, it doesn't use found parts as its base it doesn't use found found parts as as uh as really anything yeah <laughs> you know aside from greeblies mm-hmm. but it's not like the pke meter being made out of an iona shoe polisher mm-hmm. um i i would say just more visual interest but you never see it on screen so it was I almost wonder if the the semicircle on the side there is the same semicircle that they were using uh, for the feet of the trap, you know, because they they if they didn't have wheels, they had the feet. Oh yeah, I never thought about and that. And they're like, oh okay, we got spare glued on. Yeah, I also just noticed in the reference picture he added to his comment, you could see the hole where the pedal bracket was screwed down into that like front ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, never noticed that before. It's crazy how you don't notice those things until. Years later. Okay. One from David Scott Smith. Uh, he asks, were only red flat top Lynn Rose lenses used or were clear round top ones also used? I, I have never seen any evidence for anything except for flat red Lynn Rose. In the comments, there's some back and forth between him and Jack and uh, determined that 
what he was seeing was actually the cover had been removed off of one of the traps and it was just the exposed bulb. I I actually saw that reference photo when we were talking about the the stripes. Yeah. But yeah, uh flat top red Lynn Rose covers. Yeah. Which those seem to be impossible to get and then they're everywhere and then they're impossible to get again. Yeah, I think that's a Chinese market thing, but I'm I'm happy to see that they've come back. Yeah, I need to order a bunch more just so I've got them on hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another one from Jack. Oh, good lord. Uh, when do we see the... I love you, Jack. When do we see the most <laughs> traps on screen at one time? Is it uh, GB1 emptying the trap scene with the additional traps on the shelf at the bottom of the stairs? In credits of GB2 with a bunch of smokers getting handed off to Janine? Some other scene? Trap field doesn't count. Trap field. <laughs> it's the, I mean, it's technically the correct answer, right? It's technically, which is the best kind of correct. No, I think uh, getting the traps handed off to Janine, Ghostbusters 2, end credits. I'm trying to remember how many they hand her. Is it like four of them? It's four or six. Okay. Maybe that's why they I had think. so many for that one scene. Probably. It was all done for just that one scene. And they're probably all the fiberglass ones. Yeah. Here, read another question. We're going to come back to that one. I don't know if I want to read this one now or if I want to read it last. Oh, boy. Is that good? Uh, we're going to read it now. It's from it's from Matt. Burkett? Matt Burkett. <laughs> Talk more about the magenta tape on the stunt trap. <laughs> Sitting sitting on the table in the courtroom. <laughs> then debate which you like more. Blue labels on proton packs or magenta tape on traps. Go to hell, Matt Burkett. <laughs> no, I want to talk about this. All right. So this is actually the importance, I would say, of context. Yes. Um, because I, I was convinced that there was spike tape on that courtroom trap. Until I watch the scene. Yeah. When you watch the scene and can see the light changing, that that changed my mind. And for anybody that's listening that doesn't know, there was a thread on the Spangler's workbench a while back where um, one of the traps sitting on the courtroom table appeared to have a piece of magenta tape on the little ear block next to the uh, bar graph. And there was yes. there was a lot of debate on whether it was tape or just a reflection from the pink mood slime in the jar. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I, I remember going to that thread and being like, "Y'all are crazy." That's just some light reflecting. <laughs> a lot of people were like, "Y'all are crazy." That's just light reflecting. Like, nah, man, it's spike tape. I was wrong. You were wrong, but that's okay. You're way wrong. That's how we learn. But it's important that I was willing to go back and look at all the evidence combined and not just be like, no, you're wrong, Well, and just end it there. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think I've said this a million times on the show. We don't know anything 100%. So, no. so much of what we do know as fact is very little. Yes. All right. I like this question from Stuart Thompson. Do you think the yellow bar trap was a prototype, much like the superhero pack, given that it has so many details which are lacking from all the other traps that we've seen? Like the inclusion of a hole in the handle for the pedal to lock into, 
On the hero trap with the removable cartridge, there's a large hole in the rear plate between the ejecting pins and the hole for the D-sub connector. Oh, this is a completely different question. There's two questions here. First question about the yellow bar trap. What do we think? Um, it's hard to say. I would love to say that it's a, it's a prototype. I would love to say that it's in the same vein as the superhero because that's one of the reasons why I love it so much is that it's because it's that weird and wonky. And I think in some ways it probably is a prototype just because it was in the New York shooting and then what they saw on screen wasn't communicating correctly, so they changed it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would have to go back and look at the filming schedule i mean it does seem to differ more than the rest you know the the just weird little details like the uh the wire coming out of the the bar graph going into the down the side of the trap into the battery box like i don't i don't think that's present on any of the other ones well i mean that could be chalked up to just this is a stunt piece yeah, but I don't think it's present on any of the other stunts. Not that we've well, no, seen. Because they probably ran it inside the trap. Yeah. I don't know. I I like to think I, it's a prototype. I like to sort. think it was a prototype. I think I, I like to think it was a prototype on what the traps would look like. And then when they got down to filming, they said, hey, this isn't communicating correctly on screen. Mm-hmm. Let's change it up for the rest of the movie. And that and we got the the red rods and we got a little bit, you know, some more cool labels on the trap. Yeah, for sure. Because that is the one thing that it it seems very lacking with no labels of any kind, like not even the danger label on the back of the battery box. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a second question was, on the hero trap with the removable cartridge, there is a large hole in the rear plate between the ejecting pins and the hole for the D-sub connector. What do you think its intended purpose could have been? Probably the original electrical run. I actually have no idea what he's talking about. So <laughs> this yeah, is all uh, you, baby. So he's talking about inside. If 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 I'm remembering it correctly, and I'm I'm gonna pull it up. Sorry, guys. I know you hate it when we go and start looking at the reference stuff while we're while we're talking to you. Um, okay, so he's talking about. Um, this this giant hole that's sitting underneath uh, in the in the cradle yeah in the carriage um, and it's underneath the the D sub pin um, and there's this weird auxiliary hole underneath there honestly if I were to say anything that might have been an original like electric access point okay um, before they ended up going with the D sub connector. They, they may have been looking at a different way of connecting those two pieces. Uh, the difficulty there is that we don't have any shots, really. Let me see here. Okay, so we do have a few shots of the back of the cartridge, and there's not a corresponding hole there. Um, I mean, it's a good question. It could have been the original idea was that they were going to run electric through that hole and then went with the D-sub instead. Um, but the 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 cartridge itself doesn't have a corresponding <laughs> hole to run that electric to it. So um, I would say a, a mystery 
Um, it. I want to pull up reference pictures, but then I have to exit the thread that we're reading questions. Yeah, from, don't. So don't, I wouldn't exit the thread. I would. My best guess there, Stuart, would be it was a planned idea for how they would run run electric into the cartridge at first that was ultimately abandoned, or it is some access for the for the release mechanism. Maybe there's a screw back there that they can't get to unless there's a hole there. It, it it's possible that uh, there's a screw that's back there that keeps the handle on. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. I don't know. Okay, and then he has one last question, which is, what would be your ideal trap in terms of construction, mechanical features, and electronic effects? Hero Ghostbusters trap, yellow rods. Yeah. That's probably my pick, too. Yeah, yeah, a... Uh, um. But so I, I, we're talking like all the bells and whistles here, though. So yeah. yellow side rods, I want the, the danger label on the battery box on. I want the fuse label on the battery box. I want the fuse label on the bottom. I want <laughs> I want a V hook on it. I want the, the caster wheels. I want the cartridge to remove and open. And I want um, the indicator light to be installed backwards on a silver plate there. That that's it. That is my ultimate hero. Ghostbusters trap. Um, but that, that's an idealized, you know, kind of thing. Um, if I chose one prop to own from the movie, then it would be the, the yellow rod stunt trap. My answer is identical to yours, but I want an afterlife pedal on mine. Fair enough. Just, Fair enough. Cause I gotta be weird about it. <laughs> All right. How many more questions we got? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six questions. Okay. So let's finish it up next episode. Okay. We got six more. We got six more questions. Um, and we're at a, an hour and 45 minutes right now, which is excellent. Um, so that'll be a good way. We'll bring it up. And uh, next episode will come with a, a other kind of free form topic as well. Maybe we could just do questions next episode. I'm for that. That could be fun. Yeah. I like I like the community questions. I like feeling connected, everybody being part of the discussion. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but uh, we are currently out of time, and uh, <laughs> and since I've relocated everything up into my bedroom, my wife is giving me grumbles because she is ready to go to sleep. <laughs> you didn't think this through, Dan. Well, I thought on our, our normal recording schedule of it being weekends or afternoons not uh later at night that's my fault so i apologize it's okay she'll forgive me she loves me but will she forgive me mm, probably not that's that's fair yeah so we'll uh we'll chalk it up for next episode session 11 is going to be ghostbusters miscellanea questions from the community and beyond <laughs> nothing is off limits too hot for tv there you go. Two, uh, Ghostbusters gone wild. Yeah. Well, so 
Uh, for our listeners, of course, you can find us on Spotify, our RSS feed, and of course, Apple Play, but not iTunes because I haven't figured that one out. I'm so sorry. Uh, we normally try and get our episodes up every Tuesday and the following Friday up on YouTube. You can like us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And of course, you can always join the discussion at Spangler's 1984 Workbench. Um, reference material is, for the most part, pulled from Stuart Thompson's The Ghostbusters Reference Library, also available on Facebook.com. So, without further ado, this is Dan Harshman and Austin Young asking you to go out and build something. As a duly designated representative of the city, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Ray has gone bye-bye, you guys. What have you done? For whatever reasons, Ray, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that we were destined to get thrown out of this dump. For what purpose? To go into business for ourselves. Boy, the superintendent's gonna be pissed. We're ready to believe you!